friends, and welcome to episode 59 of Did You Bring the Hummus podcast. I'm Kimberly, your host, and I'm super excited to be here with you today. Did You Bring the Hummus is a podcast to help you go vegan. This season, I'm sharing new episodes every Monday discussing all things vegan. Most importantly, we'll talk about how to embrace this meaningful decision with fervor and fun. Episodes post every Monday on your favorite podcast app. Before we get started, I have one very important question for you. Did you bring the hummus? Today, I am joined by Coach Alyssa Amond of Rooted Rise. Alyssa began her career with Teach for America as a third grade bilingual teacher in Washington Heights, New York. Her fascination with languages and language learning called for her to specialize in teaching English to speakers of other languages, also known as TESOL. She helped immigrants acquire the language skills needed to succeed in the U.S. Alyssa worked both as a middle school ESOL teacher and as a program administrator in adult basic education. But her veganism reminded her that she's not just about humans. So in 2017, after some intensive coaching, Alyssa gathered her courage and left her full-time job in education. This leap landed her at a farmed animal sanctuary and the last pig. Following her passion, talent, and empathetic nature led her to create the perfect role for herself. As a certified professional coactive coach, or CPCC, Alyssa gets to help animals by supporting the humans who serve them. In this episode, Alyssa and I get into the philosophy of veganism and discuss a specific idea called effective altruism. We also discuss how we each approach spreading the vegan message, the cats with whom we live, farmed animal sanctuaries, Alyssa's coaching practice, and of course, hummus. Hey, Alyssa. Thanks for being here with me. Hi, Kimberly. I'm delighted to be here. I'm so excited. Thank you for being here. Yay! (laughs) Good stuff. Uh, So my first question, as always... Tell us about your vegan journey. Yeah. So I've been vegetarian since 1989. Um, But at some point along the way, um, I resisted learning about the dairy and egg industries, or I just didn't, you know, get it. And then in 2011, I was kind of, I don't know, I was searching for something, kind of for some meaning some way I could contribute although I've been in education and so I was contributing that way and I honestly can't remember what particularly took me to do the research but as soon as I learned about dairy Mm -hmm. as soon as I learned about eggs that was it so vegan overnight Mm -hmm. and then you know I watched I know I watched Meet Your Meat, um, okay. PETA's video, and I was living with um, my uh, ex-husband now, who's an omnivore, lovely guy. Um, and uh, so I remember where I was sitting and, and watching uh, the slaughter of pigs. I mean, I, again, I was already, um, had been vegetarian for years, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, so that was it. I was done. what brought you to vegetarianism I mean it was it was for ethical reasons like I start I stopped eating cows um and then I realized that I didn't want to be eating 
uh, chickens or turkeys either. Um, so unfortunately, my family supported that decision. Yeah. So it was really pretty easy for me. That's awesome. There are so many people who don't have that story, right? They, especially if they, if you're young and you're still at home and you're like, Absolutely. I don't want to do this. I don't want to eat this way anymore. And, and some families take it almost like an affront or like it's offensive. Right. You don't want to eat my food anymore. Almost right. like you're and not part of the family. So it's yeah. really nice that you had a different experience. I mean, I come from a, a family, a, a culture where food isn't that important. Okay. So, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't really saying anything about anybody's identity mm -hmm. and my parents are animal lovers. So, um, that they, they went with it, but you know, in 1989, my mom was like, okay, and what are we going to feed you? <laughs> so yeah. A lot of casseroles <laughs> with, you know, beans, which, Hey, I love a bean casserole. Yeah. Who doesn't? <laughs> <laughs> A nice walnut loaf, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there are. It's definitely a lot easier now for parents, right? When their kids come to them and say, hey, I don't want to, I don't want to eat this way anymore. I want to try this out. I want to do this. It's important to me. The parents like can easily get into the gross of their regular grocery store. No trips to a special health food store required anymore and can That's pick right. up those things and feed their kids. And not worry about them being unhealthy or, you know, missing out on things. They don't have to spend all day in the kitchen making bean casseroles. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's such, it's such a change. It's it's great. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's such a great story. I love it. Um, did you find that as a kid, even before you made that decision, that you were drawn to animals? Or, or was it kind of you found out some information and went, oh, I don't like that. Um, did you I always kind of feel connected? I'm sorry. To no, you. no, no. I, I don't think I found out any information. I just thought, well, that doesn't make sense. Oh. Right. I like these guys. So why would I eat them? Because eating them, mm. of course, means that they're being killed. So that, that just, now, granted, I, I was, uh, you know, I still wore uh, leather uh, and wool and I actually had a horse. So we had all kinds of leather products uh for her so you know that real real inconsistency um was was not lost on me mm -hmm. and then from there it was you know looking at products that are tested on animals uh you know for cosmetics and 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 kind of focusing in that area okay yeah i think it's i think a story like this is really important for parents to hear because i think there's also and I'm just, I'm thinking about things I've heard from, from parents whose kids are like, I don't want to eat animals. I want to go vegan. I want to be vegetarian. And they're just like, it's a phase. They don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> and then to hear from someone who is a grown up to be like, no, when I was a kid, I was like, huh, that doesn't make sense. And I didn't want to do it anymore. And, and it just, it was as simple as that. Yeah. I think it's yeah. great for people to hear that and go, oh, my kid could be having that same experience. So let me take this seriously. Yeah. 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 <laughs> right. That is, that is great. I think when there's, there's a dialogue, right. Um, and yes, we do all have uh, phases, but if it's coming from something in the heart and the gut, mm -hmm. right, it is really important to listen. My yeah. nephew is a vegetarian. 
Okay. Um, and uh, I I suspect that he came to that um, somewhat uh, through me. Um, and sure, I would love for him to be vegan, but I that's not that's not for me mm-hmm. to, to decide or to push. Um, if he ever wants to know, I'm happy to talk about it. You know. Yeah. Yeah. That's so awesome. It's, it feels good to know that we can plant seeds and, and show people how to do it, that it's not that hard, that we live normal lives. Um, (laughs) we're just, we're just people. Yeah. (laughs) It's easy to get lost in like kind of the big picture, I think of, of wanting to make like significant change in like on a big scale, but it's really these little moments, like your nephew seeing how you are operating in that space. And maybe, maybe it made him, you know, question it, think about it, go, huh, maybe I can do that. That feels right to me. And without even necessarily And maybe you did have conversations, but I think sometimes you don't even have to when you model this certain way of living around others, they kind of are like, oh, you know, vegan can be such a bad word for people. They feel they've met that one vegan who's mean or judgmental or, you know, stopped being vegan and was like, oh, I wasn't healthy. But then they can meet people like us and they're like, huh. It's just who they are. Yeah. 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 It's like a different vibe, different energy. Well, it's, it, it was easy for me and uh, feel lucky that I, that I didn't really have to travel much of a path. It was just, oh, I have this information or I thought about it and that's not going to work for me. Mm-hmm. It makes me, it's so thinking about the conversation that we had before we, you know, before we met tonight. Um, and I was thinking about one of the first books that I read after going vegetarian and I was, um, it was Peter Singer's animal liberation. And, (laughs) and I also, uh, only like three years later, I was working at a hotel. I'm in New Jersey for people who don't know. And I was working at a hotel that was near Princeton. So I felt like, oh my gosh, this, this amazing mind is like right here. And I would get to talk to people. People would come stay at the hotel who were, were visiting Princeton for X, Y, and Z reason. And I met a woman who was like, I can get you in to audit one of his classes. And I was like so close and my just schedule just didn't work out. Oh. And I was never able to sit in and this brilliant mind. And I had been a philosophy major in college oh, and wow. I knew all about his you know, utilitarian view on the world and what that meant and how you use it to kind of navigate all the decisions we have to make every single day. And I just was so like, huh, about this guy, right? He's just like, I have so much to learn from him. He's got the right idea. And, you know, then I I start learning my own way. And like, it was a great, like, introduction. And I still, you know, I've read most of his books and he was doing a, a tour because 
he he just re-released Animal Liberation with mm-hmm. with some updates. And so I did um I did get a virtual ticket to that talk. Oh, cool. Yeah. But there's like things that I don't necessarily love about kind of that utilitarian look on things. And one mm-hmm. of the things you and I talked about briefly was this idea of effective altruism. And so I want to jump right into that because you had a lot a lot to say about that idea as well. Um, so for the listeners who may not know what effective altruism is, would you mind explaining that? Yeah, no, I don't mind at all. Um, it's it's about, um, it's really partially a numbers game, right? So using your resources in the most effective way possible. Um, if we think about uh, nonprofits and organizations that are trying to do good in the world. And it's often based on um, research. So it's not, well, let's see, I think we ought to do this. Um, it's looking at what what works. And in, in animal agriculture, it's, you know, how do you reduce uh, the most amount of suffering, right? And, and, and by looking by the numbers. Um, and I think it's really changed well, it's been a really interesting lens on um, animal rights and animal advocacy. Yeah, I was um, I was on the website for effective altruism, a, a life you can save, and mm-hmm. he, that's the book and that's the organization mm-hmm. that he's he's kind of building there, and it has a list of charities that are the good ones per this effective altruism, uh-huh. and. I was shocked to see Oxfam because from when, when you think about it and I don't have, I'm not an expert on this. So this is just kind of what all my learnings over the years. And, and uh, I, I understand that Oxfam does provide animals to the poor in areas where they feel that it is, sustainable Mm -hmm. but from what I saw in the the little bit of research that I did these areas if they're able to raise animals to eat them they have to feed those animals something (laughs) and so are they growing the grain to feed the animals or does Oxfam ship them green to feed the animals? Mm. <laughs> because in either way, either scenario, my thought is if they're growing grain, why can't they eat the grain? They don't yeah. need a goat. Not, they don't need a cow. Yeah. yeah. If yeah. Oxfam is going to ship them grain to feed the animal they've given them, why can't they just ship them grain to eat? Right. That was... <laughs> It was kind of, I kind of sat here and I was like, I cannot wait to talk to Alyssa about this. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, I think it's right. It's not uncommon for, for us to have things, right. That are kind of backwards or, or counterintuitive, especially if when they're, they're couched in what is normal. Mm -hmm. Right. Okay. So there's, there's places where, where people don't have enough to eat, right. There's plenty of places people yeah. that have enough to eat and so uh well let's let's get them animals that provide um 
you know, eggs and provide milk and provide um, flesh, you know, so um, why not do that? Because we're not taught that the most direct way is through the, the grains, mm-hmm. right? So let's actually raise the grains because we raise enough food around the right. world to feed everyone who is hungry. Mm-hmm. But as you well know, we're, we're feeding it all to these animals <laughs> yeah. so we can uh, uh, torture and kill and then eat. Um, so it's not efficient. Right. Um, yeah, a well-fed world um, does a does a nice job. I haven't been on their website recently, um, but theirs is all plant-based. You know, it's feeding the world, uh, but uh, plant-based. So again, it's going, it's um, giving the the grains and the plants directly to to humans. Okay, that sounds that sounds good to me. And, you know, also his, his like typical example, and it's very also utilitarian, but I saw it right on the front page of the website too. It's this idea of if we were, it's that, that train car story, right? It's like the train, a train is moving along a track and there's one person, let's say the person you love most in your life Mm. along one train track. And then there are five people, but you don't know them, but there are five people along the other track. Mm-hmm. How do you choose which track to send this runaway train down? Because you're the one who is is in charge and you can make that choice. Do you allow the train to plow into five people or do you allow the train to plow into the one person you know? And I mean, that's according to a utilitarian approach, which is where effective altruism comes from. The answer is you let the train go plow down the person you love most in your life because they're only one person. Mm-hmm. And then we save five and saving five is better than saving one. Mm-hmm. And so that that's that makes sense with what you were saying about this idea of using the numbers to say, how, who do we, how do we help? Who do we help the most? And so my question to you, Alyssa, is do you think that's effective? Are we really helping? in in a way that moves our world forward if that's the approach that we're taking how do you feel about all of this yeah um first i'm going to say yes and or but <laughs> but i also want to say you know as as you were talking um i was thinking about um you know with respect to the train right um you know we're humans right and i don't think that there is a wrong answer to mm-hmm. that question right yeah. of course five to one right that's those are that's that's numbers um but i was thinking about the um the four excuse me three now little felines i have in my house and you know i choose to feed them chickens and um turkeys mm-hmm. i don't like it but you know i i am in charge of their care and they live with me and they're the little furry faces you know the mm-hmm. little paws and the whiskers and the and the tails and yep. all the conversations we have and so i'm choosing somewhere out there folks are being uh hatched raised in 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 probably uh terrible conditions and then killed so that these guys can eat mm-hmm. um anyway i know that's not exactly uh, what we're saying but it did come up um and i just wanted to acknowledge that <laughs> <laughs> um 
but yeah, I mean, the, when the numbers are so staggering, right, like 88 billion uh, land animals um, raised and killed annually around the world, you know, numbers make sense. Like, mm -hmm. let's get um, with uh, the most power that we have to reduce suffering. Yeah. Right. So let's go for the numbers. Um, absolutely. Um, but but in that in that perspective we're sort of negating like the the humanness of um how complex we are mm -hmm. um and how those individual lives we we might save let's say through through rescue not through sparing lives mm -hmm. but through rescue you know those lives matter too as does you know the the individual's uh, the human life who's who's caring for mm -hmm. you know uh, those animals so I think it's I think it's both I do think that um it is very effective mm -hmm. um but I don't think it's the only route that we yeah. that we have for making a difference and mm -hmm. changing the world yeah and right like like I'm just thinking like for let's say each child you adopt that individual child matters versus well I'm going to give all my money let's say to this organization that I know um I can't even think of <laughs> it's a bad example I can't even think of where that might go but anyway you know that individual matters yeah right mm -hmm. um yeah so or like like the money that I use for veterinary care for my three uh, felines versus donating that money to the organization they came from that spay that does a lot of thousands of spay and neuter in the area mm -hmm. right yeah is there a wrong answer there no because these guys need homes mm -hmm. and also the work needs to be done yeah that I don't know I mean sense. what do you think I think so too and I think you're right that that it can't just be where we look at the numbers we've got to consider all the stuff. And I too, when I think about, cause I, I live with four felines and, um, they same thing, like, you know, cats need to eat their obligate carnivores and we have to make a choice. If we're caring for them, if we choose to care for them and all four of my cats, like we didn't even adopt them. They showed up in our backyard. They weren't microchip. They had no homes. So they were like, hi. There was no choice. You didn't have a choice. <laughs> no, they're like cat distribution system here at work. Come let us in. And so we've got these four now who've shown up and they were out in my world because people are can be irresponsible. They let their their cats out. Maybe they're not spayed. They're not neutered. There's lots of kittens happening every year. Mm -hmm. And, mm -hmm. uh, and so they show up and I choose to give them a home because their lifespan here with me is probably 16 years or more, maybe right. Their lifespan right. out on the street is three to four years mm -hmm. if they're lucky. Okay. And there's so many risks. And I live like in the mountains, there's not just coyotes around here, but there's giant hawks that will take them away. And like, there's I'm a lot of, you. <laughs> yeah, you should. <laughs> there, there's a lot, um, you know, that where these cats are at risk when they're out in the world. So I choose to bring them in. But now in my vegan home, I have to choose to feed them. 
And just like you, chickens and turkeys, you know, the, the cans of food come in and it hurts me to know where that food, who that food is made up of. But I also feel like humans have, we've created this. We have domesticated animals that rely on us. We create situations and scenarios where it is unsafe for them to be without a human mm-hmm. caretaker. And so we're kind of like, okay, this is one of those things where it is making that choice. Mm-hmm. And and I think that's also something about being vegan that is so powerful is that we really have like we're making choices every day that that make a difference. We're making choices to reduce as much suffering as we can in every aspect that we can. But living in a non-vegan world, caring mm-hmm. for animals who could not be vegan, this is the the choice we have to make. And it 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 hurts. But but yeah, like I'm not gonna let these cats starve because I don't like the idea of feeding them chickens and turkeys mm-hmm. and and to your point too yeah we're spending a lot of money on veterinary care and things where maybe if we took the thousands of dollars a year that go into that put it towards an organization maybe now instead of just four cats lives being improved maybe eight cats lives are improved mm-hmm. or 12 yeah. cats yeah yeah it's a uh, there's it's so complex and it, so it interesting. And then I think if we, you know, bring back in kind of the, the, the human factor of, I imagine you get tons of joy from having these folks in your house. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So there is this part of like, wow, I, I, I want to have cats. I threaten not to have them and should not get any more cats after these guys have lived their lives because because of what they eat mm-hmm. <laughs> who they eat right yeah um but you know i suspect that that's uh that that's not going to be uh that that's not going to be true um mm-hmm. because i get so much out of the relationship yeah right and that's i think that's part of where um you know like where sanctuaries come in of um in part for 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 people to get to know individuals of species we don't usually uh, know, mm-hmm. um, farm species, um, and to really have that have that experience of of who are these who are these folks what are what are they like you know what do they enjoy um, and to to experience that I mean of course it's not the same at a sanctuary versus at home mm-hmm. but um, yeah there's so much richness that comes in the relationship in in the learning about individuals and also learning about species as as a whole Mm -hmm. yeah 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 the sanctuary piece is so important um I think obviously for the animals who get to live out their lives there because had they not you know, they would have met an untimely demise and it would have been awful. Um, or, you know, some of them are even lucky enough to have been born in sanctuary because their, you know, mom was rescued when she was pregnant 
But the experiences that I've had at sanctuaries and when I've brought non-vegans, pre-vegans along with me, um, (laughs) to watch them see these animals that they consider to be food interacting Mm -hmm. in a way that they can, that they recognize. And it's not, it's not the the cow's responsibility or the pig's responsibility to act in a way that humans Mm -hmm. recognize and go, oh, that makes sense. It's kind of like my dog. It's kind of like my cat, but they do because we do have some similarities in the way we interact, all of us, the humans, the cows, the pigs, uh, the cats and dogs. But, but when they can see that, and and put a name to a face and watch mm-hmm. some cows like play in a field and kick a ball around you know amongst each yeah. other or chase each other to watch one of my favorite favorite memories of being at farm sanctuary up in Watkins Glen mm-hmm. New York um they uh we were taking a tour my husband was not um was not vegan yet we we're taking a tour and we, he was, the tour guide was like, oh, you know, the goats and sheep, you know, they might come see us. They might not. So we'll just kind of hang out here and we'll see what they're in the mood for, which I love. Mm-hmm. I love that that's the approach. So respectful and, and as you know, sanctuaries should be expected to be, but it was like a little hill that we were waiting at the bottom of. And just all of a sudden, just these <laughs> sheep and goats just coming over the hill, just running towards us. And it was such a beautiful experience. And the look on my husband's face was like, you know, like just because the excitement of them coming to see us, like they knew humans were here and they're like, let's go check it out. And they come over this hill and it was just like right out of a movie. And, and to watch when people have those types of interactions and they are just, they feel a connection with an animal that until that moment, they had only thought of them as food. Mm-hmm. What a powerful, powerful moment that happens there. And it's just, it's one of my favorite things to watch when I'm at a sanctuary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 It is powerful. Um, and even if, you know, uh, you know, an individual, a human comes, you know, to a sanctuary and, you know, doesn't become vegan, let's say, overnight right Mm -hmm. it's it's still part of that person experience right and a different way of seeing uh that individual uh, that individual of a particular species um you know and it's a it's a shift um and of course um you know many sanctuaries do quite a bit of education Mm -hmm. right and see that as as their role and i think there's you know some um disagreement about how much you know the the residents uh should be ambassadors Mm -hmm. uh, for their species versus um being just being able to live their lives at sanctuary and uh and do their thing Mm -hmm. um you know i think that that's another question that's out there not to mention you know do you who do you (laughs) say who do you save you know, can you buy anyone, right? Most sanctuaries don't buy anybody because that's perpetuating the, um, the, the, the problem. Yeah. Um, but the, but, you know, the decisions that, uh, some of the humans have to make about, mm-hmm. you know, is there space and do we, we rescue this one, but not this other one? 
right. um, for a whole host of reasons. Sorry, yeah. I went, I went no. down kind of a, 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 <laughs> a, a dark path. No, no with, a, with a farm sanctuary, I, I had been vegan for, I'm making this up, five <laughs> years, okay. four years. And I did not really want to go to a sanctuary. I was so worried that I would be devastated, mm. just devastated too, because I really don't know any farm species except for horses okay. to see folks like face to face and just to know, to have the information about what their brethren were, are suffering, you know, mm -hmm. by the certainly hundreds of millions, if not billions, um, there, there aren't any sea animals that I haven't seen any sea animals at any sanctuary. Anyway, no. um, and then, and so I, and I went in kind of with this attitude of, oh my God, I don't know if I can do this. I'm not sure what's going to happen. And, you know, the tour guide was a young woman and she was lovely. And um, <laughs> there was a, there was a woman on the tour who had like a, I don't know, a young human in a stroller. And I was like, oh God, are you seriously going to bring the stroller into a paddock, you know? And and she asked a question about like, well, what about, you know, organic milk? Is that okay? And I'm like, no. It's like, all right, <laughs> calm down. You are not the tour guide. You are not the representative of the sanctuary, right? Because I had just had all this, you know, that yeah. that, that energy. And I know, um, uh, you know, omnivores and pre-vegans can, you know, they can experience that from mm -hmm. um, vegan folks that, that, that judgment, that, that anger, that uh, hostility. <laughs> um, it's, it's not funny. I'm laughing at myself, right. Um, that, you know, I had just created this certain kind of experience um, for myself. And then therefore for this uh, woman, I calmed down, you know, I calmed down halfway, halfway through the tour and was really <laughs> just able to kind of chill out and uh, be mesmerized you know, by the pigs in the barn mm -hmm. and uh, to, to talk to some turkeys, yeah. you know, and just have, um, have that, that positive experience. So you can have a couple different experiences at a farm sanctuary, right? You can have that where you just, you think about how the animals are living today in this moment, being cared for in the way that they are at the sanctuary you know, hopefully they've, they've made some friends in their, in their various groups and, and, uh, and that they're just, they're living their best, like cow life, pig life, whatever. But then, you know, you can also kind of think about the people on the tour with you. If they ask questions like that, which I'm sure are well-meaning, they don't think that they're saying anything that would be upsetting to someone, but when they ask that question and you're near a cow who you know had been a dairy cow yeah. or, you know, uh, cows who had been the the children of a dairy cow and <laughs> were about to be sent off to be made into veal and now they're living this life and, you know, this person's over there asking about organic milk, you're like, are you freaking kidding me right now? Right, <laughs> right. But but that's what's, you know, meeting people where they are is so important. Yes. Yeah. Um, because we're all, right. We all, most of us, I, I, some of us, right. Do, do our grown up, do grow up vegan. Uh, but um, right. I, I certainly ate animals, mm -hmm. you know, for the first 
13 years of my life. And then, you know, until 2011 was eating eggs and um, I wasn't drinking um, cow's milk, but, you know, ice cream and cheese, Yeah, you know, thought, mm-hmm. well, I can't live without those things. Um, and there's also so many other systems we're, you know, we're perpetuating, right? Yeah. Like, where do all of our products come from, right? Mm-hmm. Like, where do our clothes come from? You know, how, how do we live our daily lives? How much energy are we using? And then down to like, how are we interacting with the individuals, be they feline or human in our household or in our our neighborhood, right? They're mm-hmm. just... Um, so many things we're unaware of <laughs> yeah just based on how we grow up it grew up based on our culture um based on kind of who we are in our own situation um that yeah we all have things to learn and and changes yeah uh, for sure know. yeah 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 it's, i i'm i'm of the same approach you know certainly i have those moments where i am just over how cruel humans can be but and and how disconnected they can be from things and I really can get lost in that sometimes but when I think about the work I'm doing the way I'm trying to move the vegan movement forward within my own activism that's when I remind myself hey you weren't born vegan you mm-hmm. know you ate animals until you were almost 21 and then you uh, still with the dairy and and eggs for, for, uh, you know, a few years after that. Like, so we all come to these things at a different time when the right person shows up or the right, you know, thing comes across our desk or in our newsfeed. And we're like that one thing finally, you know, sticks and we're like, Oh, this is what I've been blind to the whole time. This is what I've been missing the whole time. Here's that piece that makes me change. Mm-hmm. And so I can pull myself out of that. Like, my goodness, humans can be, are capable of so many awful things, but they're also capable of some pretty amazing, incredible things too. And so let me meet people who have grown up where this is normal. Like people don't even Mm -hmm. question eating animals because it is just what people do. And so without having someone present to them, like, Hey, do you want to maybe think about this? Very often they won't, they'll go their whole lives, not ever having a thought about it. Mm -hmm. And it's not because they're cruel or mean, or if they actually thought about it, they wouldn't go, Oh, I didn't, I can't believe I'm part of that but they just don't know. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, well, like you said, meet just, people where they are. It is. Yeah. Like, I get that. It's not a great system, right? I get, I get the, uh, uh, factory farming and that's not, you know, I, I get that it's not good and I don't, I don't want that, but I'm not going to stop eating the animals. Cause that's what they, what, what humans do. Right. That's, right. That's, that's who's on the menu. That's who's mm-hmm. in the grocery store. So, um, and and I need my protein, right? I, yeah. I need that. I know you have, you <laughs> you've um, covered that uh, covered that topic. How do you make a difference, Alyssa? What's your <laughs> activism? Right. What's your thing? <laughs> yeah, I I I do not think of myself as an activist. Um, at least uh, 
right now. I mean, I, I do do things like, you know, sign petitions and, uh, you know, send um, that, like emails to, um, you know, senators and representatives, things like that. Um, I, um, I live my life and um, work on being the best human I can be mm-hmm. <laughs> at, in any given moment, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, and and that is, yeah. I'm going to say that it's 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 work, yeah. right? Because of so much of what we've been taught to be afraid, right? To to fear other people and to feel so separate from others, um, mm-hmm. other humans, other other species. Um, and so being being present and um, being aware of how I comport myself and and the energy I have and how I interact with with others. That's how I feel I make a difference. And, and sometimes it's a negative difference. I mean, like I can't there are times in the grocery store, I have a moment because I you know, and so then I have to, then I have to, you know, kind of calm down and, and, and say, well, okay, is that who you want to be? Okay, no. So next time you go in there, how are you going to be even though, you, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and um, it's, it's through, um, you know, having adopted cats and, um, you know, encouraging people who are vegetarian, people who are vegan, people who are considering that you know and talking talking to them openly and uh, honestly and without judgment when people have questions mm-hmm. um, yeah and and you know supporting organizations you know back to our effective altruism supporting organizations you know um, when and where I can and actually kind of arrange right some of the the, the bigger orgs that um, are, are doing kind of like let's say corporate campaigns um, and also smaller kind of, you know, sanctuaries. I, I, I do, I do want to do, I would do want to do more, but I, I absolutely must um, embrace what I can do. Yeah, for sure. And I really think that, that being vegan is activism. Like, you mm-hmm. know, not, not everyone is, is cut out to be a protester. Not everyone is, is cut out to, to do, you know, cubes and stand there and show the videos mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. we all need we all need different ways because not everybody reacts the same right like someone who talks to me might be like all right i don't get it and it doesn't have any effect and then they talk to you because you're the person they needed to hear it from and they're like oh this is why she's vegan i get it i'm going to learn more i'm going to figure this out mm-hmm. maybe i want to do this for myself just like there are some people where you can be as kind and gentle with them as you want, but then someone shows them footage from a factory farm and that's what does it. You know, some people need that jarring, like, uh. mm-hmm. but I think a lot of people don't. A lot of people need someone who will honestly answer their questions without judgment, be there for them and let them explore and figure it out and not feel like you're being a bad person because you didn't go vegan overnight so much goes into how we live our lives. Not everybody can go vegan overnight and they Mm -hmm. need, they need to know that it's okay and that they're exploring it. And that's a good thing. And, and so I think that those of us in every different way that we show up, that we're doing Mm -hmm. activism because that's who the world needs us to be in that capacity. 
Yeah, I appreciate that because, um, you know, we are different, right? We mm -hmm. have different strengths and, and weaknesses and um, activities we enjoy doing and, and are, are therefore good at. I mean, I am a terrible leaf litter. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't think there's much leaf litting going on anymore, you know, post post pandemic. Um, I mean, I can stand with a sign, but leaf litting, oh my gosh. And I met this young woman who loves it, <laughs> loves it. And I thought she is the one to be, to be doing it because she, she mm -hmm. wants, she's so positive. She wants to talk to people, you know, she's, she's not getting defensive. Right. Cause I, yeah. you know, I, I, I watched her. Um, and, um, I, I, we do, right. I, you know, I think we need the, the abolitionist approach, you know, and I also think that, you know, welfare is important you know, as well. Um, and like you said, some people are going to respond to an open, very open dialogue. Mm -hmm. And other people are going to respond to, oh my God, I just saw that footage and I had no idea. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and that, and that shifts them. Mm -hmm. um, something, it's something about like, there's room for us all, you know? Yeah. Um, which there has to, I mean, there has to be because we're all here. Exactly. <laughs> and we're not stopping coming. As it no. So, um, so, you know, having that kind of that, that perspective of like, there is room for the different ways to move this discussion forward. And these, these changes that, right, like all human beings, right, want to be to be good. And I, and mm -hmm. I also believe that we do the best we can with the resources we have or the resources we think we have. Yeah. Right. And there's just so many factors that, that go into that. And, you know, we're very complex individuals. Mm -hmm. I'm very much like, I want the whole world to be vegan. And when people ask me, well, do you want me to go vegan? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, yes i do go convert everyone else you know exactly and, How... uh, and, and meet back here yep <laughs> bring them all um so so yeah i'm always like yes i'm leading from the space that i want the world to be vegan however i also live in this world and i know like i said before not everybody's going vegan overnight and also when we think about the whole industrial complex that is the food system you know, there are organizations, there are vegans who are like, I don't care. Every, every factory farm needs to be shut down today. And that's the end of it. I would love that, mm -hmm. but it's not going to happen. So while we're working to get them shut down, we also should be trying to make the conditions better while still sharing the message that the end goal is to not have these places exist anymore. But while they do, why can't we find ways to, and it's not even reduce suffering and, and maybe it is like more for the humans than the animals. Maybe these changes don't matter because they're still in this environment where mm -hmm. they are just tortured and hurt um, emotionally, mentally, physically every single day until their short lives are ended brutally. Maybe, maybe it only makes people feel better when they're like, well, they, they had a little bit more space. They weren't so crowded mm -hmm. while it was happening. 
So I feel like end goal is end it all. We need to all be vegan. That's what I want. But I know that it doesn't just happen like that. And so, so working with people to get them to that point, I'm never shy about, yes, my end goal is I want you to be vegan, but I'm going to help you figure it out as much as you want me to help you, you know? And I don't, I, I don't make people feel bad while they're figuring it out. And I think that's a key for me anyway, in how I interact. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause I don't feel right saying like, it's good enough if you just reduce the amount of animals you're eating. So I'd never tell someone that, yeah, it's good enough. I'd still be like, I want you to be vegan. If you don't want to be vegan, that's on you. But my thing is, I want you to be vegan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and celebrating those, I, I think celebrating the, the reduction. Yeah. Right. Of, mm-hmm. of animal products um, and, and really ag- acknowledging that. Because um, right, people have so much going on in their lives and so many things that they're that they're worried about and working on for themselves mm-hmm. and their families, right? right? That, that, you know, um, non-human species can fall, you know, unless those folks are like in their family can fall pretty low on that mm-hmm. list, right? Yeah. And as you said, it doesn't mean that people are not good human beings, mm-hmm. right? We're all, yeah. you know, complicit in, in, I think, creating suffering around the globe. Yeah, and or destruction, um, you know, in in multiple in multiple ways, <laughs> right? So, um, yes, I mean, a vegan world would be the most amazing thing ever, mm-hmm. and would solve a lot of uh, problems. Yeah, um, health, obviously, right? I mean, we've talked about this health, environmental, certainly uh, for for the animals, uh, but that's not where we are. We need a lot more love. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we don't just mean for the animals. Yeah, okay for each other for ourselves right yeah yes yeah 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 there are a lot of humans harmed as well in this whole process oh for sure you know the people who work in those environments the people who are suffering because they're eating animals and it's harming Mm -hmm. their health and there's just so many so many ways that you're right there is just this this suffering kind of just everywhere but at the same time Cause I don't want to keep harping on the, you said before, like I'm going to a dark place and I'm like, I'm, I'm thinking I'm right there with you. And it seems <laughs> that I've kind of kept that going. Um, but there is a lot of, there is a lot of beauty in the world and, you know, we all have the ability to love more and give more and be more of that. And by shining that light, we're able to make more significant changes in the world. Um, and, I want to also point out that you are a coach and you help women, right? Find kind of find that within themselves. Is that right? Tell us about, about your coaching practice, what you do, who you help. Yeah, it is. It is so important for us to come to a place of of more uh, Mm self-acceptance, self-compassion and to, uh, to release some of that judgment that uh, most of us have running uh, in our in our minds all the time for self and and for others, um, and I'm I'm trying to help anyone, and I have a number of clients who are not vegan, 
yeah, I help vegan women um, create work in a lifestyle that works for them. Mm. So if maybe um, they are somewhere in animal advocacy um, and they need a break um, or need to shift, um, helping them navigate that transition or whether mm. they're in a relationship that's not working for them. Um, again, helping them navigate that space, really figure out what it is, is that um, they want, because that's another piece of this. We're, we we get to have, we get to go after what we want, right? We were just talking about, well, there's so many problems and we need to fix them. Um, but there's something magical that happens when we're, when we're fulfilled, right? When we're speaking mm-hmm. joy and the yeah. positive energy that we bring um, and that we send to, to, to those around us um, is really important. And if we're miserable, which many of us are, mm-hmm. right? There's tons of human suffering. And I don't, I don't just mean like physically, right? But all yeah. the stuff, the garbage that we're telling ourselves, mm-hmm. right? The way we're competing with each other. I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy of love. Um, that is such a problem. Yeah. Um, and we're just, we're just not taught or rarely taught how to be good to ourselves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, how to tell the truth to ourselves um, and how to, yeah, to show up for ourselves and to, you know, give the love that we want to receive, give the mm-hmm. respect that we want to receive. Yeah. So it's, it's, um, I feel very lucky um, to be able to be a coach. And I've, I've had, I have right now, I, I have a coach and I've had coaching off and on for over 10 years because mm-hmm. it's so powerful and helps me get out of my own way, get yep. unstuck, <laughs> yeah, right. And see things from a different perspective and stop telling stories. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like and, you know, the beliefs we have about ourselves and the world around us have a huge impact on how we feel and yeah. therefore what we do and don't do. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, you know, we want to change our lives, but we keep doing the same things. Yep. <laughs> doing the same things is going to get the same, uh, the same reaction, the same response, but we don't know how to do anything differently because we've been running those patterns our entire lives. I think one of the most powerful things a coach ever said to me was around, you know, we were talking about self-worth and you know, like so many other people, I have that tape in my head for so long from people, you know, in my childhood, authority figures, people who were supposed to love me and be mm. the the protectors, those those tapes of just that I'm not good enough. There's nothing I can do that would ever be meaningful. Like I don't have what there's no reason for me. It's not there's nothing mm. here. I don't have anything to offer. And and when you're so deep in that and someone tells you, you just, you know, start thinking about this differently, start saying something different to yourself. You're like, are you kidding me? That's not going to work. Like, I don't even, I don't even have anything to offer. Why would I tell myself something mm-hmm. different? And then they tell you, look at how effective the things you've been telling yourself are. You hate mm. yourself because mm. of all of these things that are constantly on that tape in your head. And that's why 
you know, you, you have a job you hate, you have a relationship you hate, Mm -hmm. you know, you don't have friends that, that build you up. It's like you, you're creating this and you're perpetuating it by living in those words. And then if that can be that powerful, why couldn't I am good enough? I have so much to Mm -hmm. offer. I love myself. Why couldn't that have the same weight if you let Mm -hmm. it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. That's, yeah. That's pretty amazing. <laughs> yeah. And with so much of it, we can't see mm-hmm. for ourselves. Right. So having someone to kind of reflect back to us. Yeah. Um, but also having someone in your corner, right. like, wait, no, 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 stop Kimberly. That, <laughs> that is not true. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, like you are beautiful, worthy, wonderful important right and yeah like wait what you know but said that (laughs) hearing hearing like you know hearing that and and in a space where like like you said like with like friends and family other people who who are reflecting back right like your worthiness right our own worthiness then it's right Mm -hmm. we can we can start to to shift yeah oh yes we are our own worst enemies I mean I appreciate right that most of us have some kind of you know something in our in our in our childhoods right um and and some people have some really terrible terrible traumas in their in their childhoods um but and but most of us have something Mm -hmm. that we've been telling ourselves our entire lives it's just not true Mm-hmm. reach out to Alyssa and get some coaching yeah I'm, I'm <laughs> here and yeah. I, I love vegans and I also love pre-vegan <laughs> or omnivores yeah so so you can be anywhere on your journey for sure because we're all on a journey yep yeah yeah we're all learning we're all growing yeah yeah I love it I have one more question for you, Alyssa. Yes, yes. <laughs> Tell me about your favorite hummus or your favorite way to eat hummus, favorite recipe, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is, I don't, I, I don't know if this is going to be very interesting. Um, but, and I, it, my favorite right now is Ithaca is the oh. brand. So mm-hmm. I do do store-bought. I do do a lot of store-bought things. And I was actually eating the lemon and garlic hummus with some veggies before uh, before we got together here. Nice. Um, but but yeah, like even with with chips or crackers. I mean, in we've started doing falafel bowls where mm. we have hummus hummus dressing, but you can yeah. put hummus in there with the falafel. I mean, there's just <laughs> is there so much you could do, right? I mean, yeah. it like makes a number of of really good um flavors mm-hmm. but I have I have never made what I consider a good hummus okay. so I am open to to recipes I, I definitely can use my food processor <laughs> um it's just like oh man when you know something's good and it's right there yeah I know. Made it. <laughs> exactly <laughs> sometimes that's your self-care too right like we don't need to to do everything if we love a hummus that's made that we can get at the store just get the store-bought hummus yeah yeah yes yeah, yeah for sure for yeah. sure yeah yeah 
Oh, that's good. I I've had people, I, I still haven't tried it and I cannot believe it, but there've been other guests. They put hummus on their pasta. They turn that hummus into like with mixed with a little like pasta water to thin it out a little bit and just put that on some noodles, some pasta noodles. Uh, I know. Right. And I'm thinking about maybe like having some like cherry tomatoes and like putting them in there and like, okay. So this is this just new recipe born. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Play around with that a little bit. Uh huh. Absolutely. (laughs) That is fantastic. Yeah. It really is like the best food. (laughs) It is the best food. And it's, 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 filling it's nutritious you can pair it with so many different things right you can buy it you can make it Mm -hmm. I mean come on yeah it's hummus (laughs) for all of us (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) Alyssa this has been wonderful what an incredible conversation we we covered lots of different things lots of emotions lots of like thought-provoking stuff And that truly is like my favorite thing about being vegan is there's so much to talk about. Mm -hmm. There's so many ways to look at things. And I really appreciate that you came with your perspective and and that we had a really great uh, back and forth. And it was just, just wonderful. I can't wait for everyone to hear it. Yeah. Thank you so much. I'm happy to be here and it's great. It's great to talk to you and connect about uh, some of these topics that are important. Yeah. Super important. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. Welcome back. How will you spread more love into the world? Will you start with yourself? If you follow me on social media, you'll realize that I finally had hummus pasta just last week. Be sure to share your favorite hummus recipe with me and Alyssa by tagging us on social media. You can even send me a DM and I'll make sure that Alyssa gets the recipe too. To connect with Alyssa, visit her website at rootedrise.com. You can connect with her on LinkedIn, follow her on Facebook at Rooted Rise, and on Instagram at Rooted Rise Coaching. Links to connect with Alyssa, as well as many things we discussed, can be found in the show notes. I hope you found this episode helpful and inspiring. Please subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. And if you're loving it, please give Did You Bring the Hummus a five-star rating and leave a review. It's an easy way to keep supporting the show. Be sure to share these episodes with your friends. If you are finding something good here, they will too. If you're a vegan or you know a vegan who would be a great fit for the podcast, follow the Be A Guest link in the show notes. Fill out the quiz and I'll be in touch. I also have a new freebie on my website. Sign up for my mailing list and get a PDF of three amazing vegan recipes. Follow me on Facebook and Instagram at Did You Bring the Hummus and visit my website, didyoubringthehummus.com for more information about me, updates on what I'm working on, new podcast episodes, and all things vegan. Finally, I would love to hear from you. What do you need help with? Is there a topic you want to hear covered on a future episode? DM me on Instagram or send me an email. Did you bring the hummus at gmail.com? Thanks for listening.